Ladies and gentlemen, to those among you who are easily frightened, we suggest you turn away now. To those of you who think they can take it, we say, welcome to the madhouse. Hello and welcome back into the madhouse. You crazy bastards, you actually came back. I am, and always will be, Joey Gathercole, one half of your madhouse co-host for the day. And with me right here is the other 50%. It's the man who dances like no one is watching when we are in fact all definitely watching. The man who since birth has single-handedly fought off the dark forces of sobriety and was misquoted in a magazine interview we did once as saying, back when I was in a band called The Smurfs. It's Jimmy Faulkner. Oi, oi. How are you? <laughs> yeah, all right. Thank you for that lovely intro again. <laughs> so I, I like writing them. Uh, do you remember The Smurfs interview? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, the band was called Submerge, right? No, it was called Submerse. Uh... But yeah, thanks. Definitely not. The Smurfs. <laughs> Who's naming a punk band this? Oh, honestly, no. Don't get me wound up about it. <laughs> I, I knew that would. I read that to Simon, and she's like, uh, "Is everyone going to know what that's going to mean?" And I was like, "No, we don't get Jimmy worked." It, it up. doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, it's got me on the, my back foot anyway. <laughs> it's a green room. True. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? I said so. Green room. So green room. Yes. <laughs> Like it? <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, I did. Very good. Brutal. Watch it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's miles away. Sorry. Right. Uh, yeah. Green Room, directed by Jeremy Solnia, or Saulnia. I don't know how you pronounce it. I We're terrible Solnia. names. Yeah, it's always terrible. Uh, 2015, but I also saw 2016, so who knows when this film came out. I'm just, I 2015's IMDb's. Oh, is it? I thought it was 2016. I oh, don't mind. 2016, then. And, uh, yeah, it was a good film. Obviously not very old. No. Starring the late Anton Yelchin. Which, 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, I didn't know was dead. No, I didn't know how that passed you over. I know, mental. (laughs) So, I'm a bit shocked. Yeah, he was uh, in Star Trek as the uh, Russian dude. Yeah. Russian sounding dude. Fire the nuclear weapons. That's a terrible accent. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> it's the first bad one you've ever done. So. <laughs> Imogen Poots, obviously, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Alia Shawcat, who is in the rest of development. Ah, uh, yes. As maybe. Okay. Joe Cole, Macon Blair, Callum Turner, and Mark Webber, and obviously some others. I'm not going through the whole cast. They are the main guys and gals. Yeah, this. Patrick Stewart said when he read the script, he had, uh, script he had to uh, lock up his house, turn on the security system, and then pour himself a scotch. Yeah, cheeky bit of uh, booze after reading uh, a scary script. But then he knew he wanted to play the role of Darcy Banker. Yeah, wow. it was, uh, what did he say? Something, uh, a character that horrifying would be an incredible challenge and make for a compelling movie. 
Yeah, it is. He doesn't have a lot of lines in it, but he's still quite terrifying. Yeah, he's got that cool calm. Yeah. Right. Plot slot. Plot we, slot. Let's go. Uh, I actually have my phone ready for the timer in my hand right now. Okay. We're doing on. 10 minutes these days, or, or what? We've changed it a few times. It's 10. 10. Let me just have a sip of the good stuff, the old social lubricant. Ready? Lovely. So, Pat, Sam, and Tiger, and Reese wake up in their van in the middle of a cornfield. They're part of the punk rock band, The Ent Rights. They slept all night with the engine on. Tiger's fallen asleep, driven into the cornfield. So, what they got to do, they're out of gas now. Pat and Sam grab the bike out, drives right to the nearest parking lot, and siphon some gas so they can get back on the road, get back playing some shows. Yeah, the band meets up with a guy named Tad uh, for an interview at his own apartment uh, for a radio show he does. He asked the band what their Desert Island band would be. Reese, Sam and Tiger answer the question, but Pat can't think of it. After the interview, the band plays a gig, uh, which is uh, uh, hits home for me. <laughs> Terrible gig. Terrible we've all, gig. We've all been there. We've, no one's we've there. That. Yeah, it's in a that. diner by the looks of it, and the pay turns out to be like $6 each, which is pretty good. Compared to what we get sometimes. <laughs> True, yeah, we've all been there. We've all played that yeah. show yeah. where the promoter's giving it the big and the Barry McGuigan, but. No one turns up. No one's there. There's that. no money. Sorry, what can I do? Anyway. So he gives him a little tip. Says, Oi, my cousins, my cousin will put you on. It's a matinee show. So there you are. All right, drive down there. The band arrives at the venue. Skin skinheads everywhere. Actually, they're not skinheads. We call them knuckleheads. No, we call them boneheads. Actually, neo Nazis. Yes, uh, I yeah, I wanted to say that because skinheads are not Nazis. No, we won't. We won't do that. We'll call yeah. them boneheads from now on. I think. So oh, there, yeah, the name's misspelled on the the marquee outside. Size. They aren't right. They aren't right. <laughs> uh, who who has an old oh, tiger has an idea and he goes, uh, yeah. "This is what I think we should do." He says, "This is a stupid idea. Let's do it." Yeah, so they come on stage, play the Dead Kennedys, Nazi punks, fuck off. Hell yeah. It doesn't go well with the Nazi crowd. No, the Boneheads don't like it. But then they played another song, and the Boneheads were into it, which is weird. You think they'd hold on. (laughs) They've just been baiting... They've just been slagged off by these guys. Yeah, and wh- whatever your ideology them. is, someone comes up on stage and plays a song saying it's shit. Yeah. But then they play another song. There. But these, I don't think these Nazi punks are too deep in the brain. No, let's not call them Nazi punks either. Let's just call them twats. And they're a bit thick. Thick twats. Thick twats. Right, there you go. Thick twat Nazis. So, where are we now? <laughs> After the show. Oh, yeah, the band gets their money. I'm about to head out after they think, you know, well, we had to play, we need the money, we've played Nazi punks, f*** off, let them know what we think, and they're about to go, it's all fine. But Sam forgot her phone in the green room. And the green room, by the way, is the room... Uh, I've not heard this in the UK, maybe you have, but in the US, the green room is where actors or a band or everyone hangs out behind backstage. Yes. It's a backstage room. <laughs> we call it a backstage room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, green room. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was like, this room is not green. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, I checked that out. Anyway, Pat uh, goes to get the phone. When he enters, he sees two people, Worm and Amber, standing over the body of Amber's friend Emily, dead. 
with a knife in her head. <laughs> knife in her head. <laughs> Took me a minute to notice that knife in her head. Pat freaks. It's not always obvious when there's a knife in someone's head, is it? Well, not really. Uh, Pat freaks out. He runs out of the room trying to call 99. I was going to say 999. Nine, nine, yeah, he wouldn't have Two bouncers, Big Justin and Gabe, force Sam Reese and Tiger back into the green room, nick their phones off them, and someone who holds them at gunpoint. Justin. Justin, sorry, yes. Yeah, and they're not being kept there. They're just staying. <laughs> yeah, they're just staying. Yeah. <laughs> Against their will. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's not, yeah. yeah. So Gabe gets two young, uh, what are we calling them? Knuckleheads. Uh, boneheads. Boneheads. Yeah. Together to stab each other. So that the 911 call that did go through, by the way. Yeah, because when... he said there's a stabbing, didn't he? Yeah, so when they turn up, there is a stabbing for them to deal with, and he offers them a ton of money. They're red lace guys, which we'll come into later. Yeah. And they get in the car and get taken away. Darcy, Sir Patrick Stewart, arrives and says uh, the band has to be dealt with. Yeah, paid and sent on their way, is what I would have thought by dealt with, but apparently not. Yeah. So, the band... Still in the green room, attack Justin, take his gun. Reese is pinning him down. He's a wrestler, threatening to break his arm. Uh, they let him up. Reese holds the gun at him this time. The club then suddenly experiences a power outage, inciting a brief panic among the group until Amber turns on her lighter and sparks up a cigarette and says, to gives it to Justin and says, if you see that cherry moving, Lee's suspicious. You gotta pop him off. Yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good plan, but it lasts for about three minutes until the cigarette burns well, out. Well, that's true. Uh, also, I don't think there was just uh, a power outage. I think they cut the power and turned it back on, so they had an excuse to send all the revelers uh, on their way, so yes. they could deal with the band. Of course. No way. How's that ten minutes? That's absolute nonsense. Uh, oh, let's carry on. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it just keeps us motivated. It's not really a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, yeah, so Darcy stands outside the green room to talk to the band in a scarily calm, calculated way about how to handle the situation. They agree to hand over the gun but keep the bullets. Pats and the rest of them are still pretty suspicious because Darcy's saying the cops have come and they've gone. Yeah, Pat gets ready to hand Darcy the gun outside the room as Darcy claims there's nobody else with him. Uh, that's a lie because Amber's looking through the vents and she can see some uh, boots and red laces. Yep. She said the cool line, uh, uh, well, it's not cool, the chilling line, they're killing us, keep the gun. And yeah. he's really panicked. Yeah, so uh, they try and take the gun. Obviously, uh, Pat's trying to hold on. Reese attacks Darcy with a rod. Well, Pat's arm is getting slammed up and cut to shit. Yeah, yeah. Reese. Pins Justin back down, snaps his arm, places him in a chokehold until he's out cold. Uh, I'm getting some rhymes in here today. Yeah. Uh, Amber, <laughs> then uh, they say, how can you tell he's out? So Amber decides to get a box-cutting knife, a Stanley knife for us English her mate, her mate, She gets her mate Stanley out. Yeah, to give him a bit of a tickle on the tummy. That's a sharp blade as well in there. That yeah, that does go... Uh, rips yeah. him right up. He's a goner. Yeah. First, uh, that first cutting of the arms, the... Uh, First bit of gore Ooh, in this get, film. Yeah, we'll but, get to uh, that. Yeah, that's a. Uh... So. So, Darcy and the skinheads plan to get rid of them. The group starts to break through the floorboards for a way out, and this leads them to a bunker where the skinheads run a heroin operation. There's no exit, 
So the group have to return back to the green room. So Tiger helps wrap Pat's arm in duct tape, which I think is a bad idea. I don't think he's got any uh, first aid training, you know. I think he should have left material on it and then duct taped it. Yeah, I thought that. When you try and take that dip, dip, take, dip, take, duct tape, you take that dip, take it's going to rip all the skin off because <laughs> oh, there's anything be... on it on. That's oh, going to be fucked. But still, staying alive is yeah. probably more important than making a decent plan right now. PG's stay alive. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the song is an important cultural song, Jimmy. <laughs> so, no other option. The Ain't Rights have got to make a run for it. So they're arming themselves with some kind of weapon, whatever they can get each. on each. Tiger and Reese run out, but Tiger actually gets his throat ripped out by a pit bull. Yeah. Lead singer, vocal cords ripped out. I thought that was quite nice. Anyway, and Reese is out the window and he gets stabbed up. But on the plus side, if Tiger survives the attack, which he doesn't, but if he did, he would have a proper growly voice. Or no voice at all. Or one of them ones where you have to hold up the microphone to your neck. Nazi punks, f*** off. Nazi punks, f*** off. Yeah, so Pat, Amber and Sam stay in the room. Probably a good idea for what what has just happened. Daniel and Gabe go to the room where Amber tells Daniel that Worm killed Emily when Worm learned that Emily was going to run away with Daniel. And now Darcy is going to pin her murder on the band. Daniel guides the three downstairs to get some gun. Daniel as Flip. Well, he was a traitor before the film start because he was going to take a gun and leave. Yeah. So he's in the shit anyway. So he decides to help them out. He shows them where the gun is behind the bar, but gets uh, shot right through the face. Right in the face. Uh, and then uh, Pat uses a machete to hack the neck of the skinhead. Sorry, bonehead. Bonehead. Who's just attacked him. Yeah, so Darcy said, Darcy's at this point, said, only use blades on him, any? he? Yeah, he doesn't want to be uh, explaining yeah. shit. Daniel's fine to be shot, but all the aren't rights, ain't rights, want to be... The B-wrongs. B-wrongs, they got to be cut up. Yes. Oh, Sam gets shot in the leg. Have we got outside? The three run outside. They run outside with the shotgun facing the bonus. Oh, that's it. Darcy tells them not to shoot at Amber. Sam gets shot in the leg and is then mauled by the pit bull. Yep. Backing singer's down now. Yeah. Not just backing singer, she played with the guitar. She played guitar, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, throw it again. Yeah. <laughs> Pat and Amber, the only two survivors at this point, yeah. go back to the room. Now, both frightened and tired, Pat tells the end of his story he started telling earlier of little pep talk about paintballing, which he compares what's happening now to what happened then and it well I mean we'll go into this later but he went paintballing they were outnumbered and, and out shot by better more skilled shooters ex-army and you they? can just sit there and get shot or you can do what his mate did run around completely unexpected and win the game so they basically decided to do that kind of thing and get ready as best they can yeah Darcy sends in two boneheads into the green room to kill Pat and Amber they find Pat yelling nonsensically now with his head shaved and his face with black paint on it, he hops down into the bunker and one of the boneheads follows. The other bonehead sits above, keeping watch, unaware of Amber hiding in the couch. Clever. She crawls out, slits the bonehead's throat with a Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely little bit there. The first skinhead looks... Uh, first bonehead 
looks for Pat with his shotgun and distracts him by throwing the bodies of Emily, Justin and the second bonehead down. Pat seizes the chance to grab the bonehead's gun, but they fight for it. Amber descends with the gun of the bonehead and shoots him twice. First time in the neck, second time in the head. That doesn't do it. He's not dying at all. Pat, pat. Gabe goes to the room as Pat and Amber make their way back up, remorseful for what's happened. He says he wants to go to jail. Pat and Amber force him out of the room with their guns pointed at him. They leave the club as the morning comes. They leave Gabe to find a phone while Pat and Amber go into the woods. They hear some gunshots, I think, don't they? Or something. They're hearing something. Yeah, they go into the woods and uh, they hear the gunshots and Gabe says that'd be for the residents and they were deciding whether to go. And he was like, well, we've got to go because we didn't see one of the people die. Yeah. So the two come across Darcy along with two other boneheads trying to dispose of Sam, Tiger and Reese's body. Trying to come up with another story while also planning to blow up their van. If they were making it look like they were trespassing on the property. They were yeah, like they were uh siphoning gas from uh yep. Darcy's van. Pat and Amber find them and shoot henchman Darcy turns around and starts walking away like yep. he, he knows what's about to there's no way out of it, and he's not going down just facing them stood there. Oh I thought he was just being Bill, Mr. Billy Big Bollocks and thinking of that. Like, you ain't going to shoot me. I'm, I'm walking off. Oh, really? That's what I, I th- thought. The way I saw it was he knew that the the bonehead next to him would die for him. Right. So maybe he'd get away. But after he heard the shot, he turned around. He drew his gun while walking away. So I think he was always going to shoot. Yeah, I think he was going to... He was doing... I think he was walking away and he was going to turn around and try and pop him off. But he didn't get that, did no, he? No, he got a nice little hole in the head instead. Bam! Down. Take that. Take that. You've got oh, BG no. done. Take that now, have we? <laughs> Take that. Luke Picard, you're down. Professor X. Fuck, sorry. So Pat and Amber sit down after they've killed Professor X. Take that, actually, uh, I think was Pat's uh, Desert Island Band. That's why he didn't say it. Uh, They uh, they spot the pit bull who was injured earlier on. It got shot and they gave it a sedative so he could said maybe he's got another hour now. Yes. Cracked him up. Uh, there, Pat then tells Amber he's figured out uh, who his Desert Island band is, and he was about to admit his love for Take That, but Amber says, <laughs> Tell someone who gives a shit. Yeah, uh, what was his band? Was it Credence, uh, Credence Clearwater Revival? The song for the credits. Yeah. 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 That seems to be what was going on there. Yeah. Uh, but we'll never really know. Okay. Done. Done. Uh, 10 minutes over. That was 20 minutes. Shit. That was shit. Must do better. And while we're planning on how to do better, we'll think about it on the walk over to Frights and Delights. Yeah, yeah. Right, just quickly before we do Frights and Delights, Desert Island Band, go. Take that. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Uh, I'm not ready for that. Uh, the Clash. I go with The Clash. Okay. Mine's rancid. Oh, fair play. Yeah. Right. There's an island band. You've got to say just before you die. So the actual band. Oh, I have to tell the truth. Yes. Um, uh, well, The Clash would be up there, but Guns N' Roses or The Beatles. That's good. I'm going with Pat Benatar. Can't <laughs> Hell yeah. Hit me with your best shot, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Love is a battlefield. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> F- 
Fright City Delight. So I was going to look up some true stuff, uh, but then I decided not to, and I'll tell you why. Because I was not prepared for this. So yesterday I was on the bus, and I thought, yeah, I'll do a little bit of research, try and find out some murders that have happened with neo-Nazis and stuff, and I thought, ah, I'll have a little look. So I'm on a bus. It's packed. Packed bus. I'm sat on them horrible seats that are... <laughs> At the front, you know yeah, what I mean, where yeah. you have to face other people. And it's absolutely rammed. And on the bus, loads loads of different cultures yeah. and races on this bus. Yes. So I'm squashed in between a couple of Asian people. There's a few more Asian people and Indian people around on this bus. So, and I started Googling skinhead-related murders. <laughs> now, I've just got a big smartphone. And it looks... <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, if someone, what are these? See, if, if they see this, they're yep. going to think, I'm all right, f***ing weirdo. So I stopped doing that, and I've Watch got nothing. Watch instead. <laughs> <laughs> I just put it down, put my head down. So I haven't got anything this. So what are you saying? What you got? Well, my first one was about Patrick Stewart reading the script. We've been through with that. Oh, uh, I apologise that I jumped on that straight away. That's right. I, I, I write down more than I usually use anyway. <laughs> uh Right, so I got a delight going here. The scenes where the eight mites are playing. Yeah. They're playing to an empty diner and later they're playing to the uh bonehead crowd yeah. of Nazis. Yeah. They are really playing. Yeah. Their instruments. Obviously it's uh it's dubbed over later because no one can get live sounding that good. Yeah. But they actually played those songs in that set. Yeah. Uh, Anton Yelchin and Alia Shawkat already knew how to play instruments, but the other two learned how to play just for the scenes. And they actually jammed and stuff together. And, and there's I found uh, three songs oh, that's pretty cool. that are accredited to them. That's pretty cool. Joe Cole does a great... He's good on the drums, considering he learned it for the movie. Yeah? He re- yeah, really it's good. It's the singer as well, isn't it? The singer? Who, who had to learn for the show. Yeah, he was all right. He did good, uh, sort of good punk singing. It was out of tune and all right. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, it was banging though. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah. My second delight is an obvious one, but I really want to bring it up. That the first song the band plays at the Skinhead Club is a cover of Dead Kennedys' "Nazi Punks." F- right off. It was or, just uh, f- it's just off, off but yeah. I got carried away. Yeah. It was the fifth single by the Dead Kennedys, released in 1981 on Alternative Tentacles with uh, Moral Majority as its B-side. Lovely. They got some balls to do that, though, haven't they? Yeah. The art, the end right. Yeah, but you like to think you'd... If if you found yourself suddenly there, you get on stage, you go, oh, shit, I think this is a Nazi bar. Uh, I'd like to think I had the balls to do it. Uh, back in the day, I think I would have, but now I'm a bit more scared of getting hurt, so I probably wouldn't. <laughs> And I've seen a couple of uh, fucking Nazi... Wankers. ...bands. Yeah, and they're shit. So there you go. Bollocks. Bollocks. Anyway, let's go for the first fucking horrible, horrible bit. Are you going to tell us later about the Nazi bands? Uh, I'm not going to... I don't want to say what their name are. (laughs) Or the name is, or was. I'm going to guess you didn't know you were going to go see Nazi bands. No, it was an accident. (laughs) No, that's what I it, wanted they were to part, say. They were part of a, they were part of a festival, and they ended up like locking the doors. They chained up the doors so you couldn't get out. Oh, you know you're a shit band. We got to chain up the doors so no one could leave. Yeah, actually, we should do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Oh, let's go. Uh, Sorry, anyway, you were, you were, I wanted to make sure everyone knew it was an accident. Oh, yeah, it was an accident, yes. No, yeah. Uh, the first bit you were on about, I think you were going on about an arm. I was going to go on about the arm, but should that be put in the gore bit? It depends. If it stands out for you, I don't mind. Okay, I liked it. Anton, he's got his arm stuck out of the, out the door, and then he pulls it back in, and it's slashed up. Absolutely disgusting. I was not expecting it to be that brutal. It looked fucking horrible. I loved that bit, and it was uh, wrist nearly dangling off. And uh, I mean, we can go into it more in gore. Okay. If you want to. Yeah. Go on, chuck another one. Oh, I haven't got one. Uh, Okay. Well, I got the paintball pep talk that Pat Anton Yelchin gave. Uh, It's a true story. That the writer and director Jeremy Saravonier, yeah, he had an actual friend called Rick Spears, who supposedly, I will say, did what is uh, they said in that story. Cause that story sounded like bullshit to me. <laughs> uh, but oh, yeah. I wasn't there, so yeah. I'm not saying that the director is a liar. Maybe his mate played with the truth a bit. <laughs> yeah, a fright. That's more just a fact. Okay, about red boot laces. Oh yeah. Okay. Red bootlaces are mentioned a couple of times, and it's not just a thing in the film. Nope, it is not. It is in the that Nazi culture yep. with the boneheads. Yeah. A sign that you've spilt blood for the movement, that you've earned your laces, your red laces. Sometimes people will, in that movement, oftenly, oftenly, often they will randomly just attack people who are non-whites. Yes. Just so they get to wear their red laces. Yeah, boot party. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Uh, it's where you uh, go up randomly to a stranger and kick the shit out of them. Lovely. Yeah, twats, isn't it? And they, the white one is, uh, the white laces is uh, white pride. I don't have white laces. I didn't know that one and I'm just checking. <laughs> red laces seems quite, you know, when you think about it without any context. Yeah. Hey, red laces are quite cool. Yeah. I don't think I'll get any now. Um, okay, A Fright, <laughs> Anton Yelchin's last theatrical movie to be released before his death on June 19th, 2016. Anton Yelchin died at the age of 27. F- he. I'm still baffled by this. I can't believe it. And this, uh, what I'm saying now, by the way, I didn't even check. I was doing it from memory of it happening at the time. He put his car in park on his driveway, which is on a slant down to his house while he went to check something, closed the garage door, I can't remember, but he put it in park, he didn't put the handbrake on, you can fill in the gaps, I'm not going to wow. go into detail about a man's death, but Christ. there you go. That's a... He wow. was good as well, like, it, it shouldn't matter, someone could be a shit actor and their life is just as <laughs> worthy, but I think about the stuff that we could have got from Anton Yeltsin, it's irritating, at least. Yeah, f- Wow. Okay, do you mind if I keep going? <laughs> uh, yeah, keep going. Keep the going. poster for this film has a picture of someone wielding and slinging a machete to the ground. This is a nod to the Clash's London Calling album cover where their bassist Paul... Ah, Simon? Simo- uh, wow, shit. Simonon? What's, what's the name? Simeon. Is that what it is? Simeon? Anyway, he's smashing his bass on stage. We're terrible at uh, pronouncing things, yeah. by the way. Yeah, names. F*** him, it sucks. Uh, anyway, that uh, the poster's cool, by the way. He has got his machete whacking the ground, almost the exact same position as the album cover. A little fact, obviously, Anton Yelchin and Patrick Stewart, 
both veterans of Star Trek. Yeah, Chekhov. Chekhov. That's who Yelchin there played. You go. Chekhov, and obviously Patrick was Jean-Luc Picard. Yep, uh, except at Saturday nights when he did his uh, magic routine when it was Jean-Luc Picard. I'll cut that, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that in. Keep that in. Fuck you know. <laughs> I haven't got a filter. <laughs> I'm done. That's right, some delights, I think. Yeah, definitely, because I've got nothing. <laughs> uh, right. Are you ready to once again mosey on over to Master of the Macabre? Yes. Master of the Macabre. Okay, so we're on Master of the Macabre. I think in a way we may end up with a choice, but what are yours? Okay, well I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you three what I reckon. And the first one's a bit of a punt. I'm gonna say It's a bit of a what? <laughs> bit of a punt. Oh <laughs> So I'm gonna say my first one who's up for contention was Amber, played by Imogen Poots. I yeah. think she started off as a bit of an outsider. She wasn't part of it. She's just seen her mate being stabbed in the head. And then the band sort of eventually invite her in to it. She slits open Justin with the uh, Stanley. Yeah, she earns her place. Definitely. In the and they're like, well, okay. And then she just goes batshit after that, I think. She plays plays it very well. She's the toughest very. of the group that's taking on these guys. Definitely, absolutely. So then I've got Pat, played by Anton Yelchin. Yep. I just think he's just uh, very good after he gets his arm f***ing slashed. Bit bit pretentious being at the start, I think. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he's in a... He's in a hardcore band and he's a bit meh, <laughs> But when he gets his hand slashed and he has a minute, then suddenly it's all about, yeah, let's get it done. Well, watching watching your arm gape open with slash wounds and your wrist nearly hanging off, it changes a man. Yes, it does. Instantly, apparently. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah but he gets his shit together. Definitely, he yeah. he needs to get his shit together. But as a performance, really good. Yeah, because he is he is sort of the leader of the band, and he he's the uh, I think he's the writer and uh, sort of he's got the gift of the gab out of all the group with everyone. Yeah, when to- when you know when when they choose to an elect a leader to talk to Darcy through the door. Yeah, he's the man. Like no questions. Yeah, he's clearly the one who's wrote the tunes. So yeah, so uh, yeah, him, and then obviously we got a. Uh, Honourable mention to Sir Patrick Stewart. Yep. Playing Darcy. Doesn't have a lot of lines in the film. Nope. But he is playing that horrible sort of leader of the neo-Nazis. There's been a murder, right, let's methodical, let's get it done, let's frame him. I think part of his character is that he's so cold and calculated and efficient that he doesn't need to say a lot of words. He needs to say... Make it so. Yes. And they get rid of the band. <laughs> uh, which obviously doesn't go to plan. But he got his point across. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. Go yeah. on. What you got? I have Anton Yelchin, just for obviously his excellent performance. We don't need to say any more about him, really, uh, apart from the Yippie Kaye moment we Ooh. mentioned a few episodes ago. Oh, okay. 
So, uh, who was the first GPKA moment? Was that Child's Play? Uh, yes, I think This it is was. the end, friend. Yeah, that's and it. It sets him on fire. Yeah. Doesn't actually kill him, but we get the point. This one, <laughs> uh, Imogen Poots. Sorry, what's her na- character's name? Amber. Amber shoots the last Nazi alive. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Pat Tadranska is flabbergasted the motherfucker. Somehow it works. Yeah, I like it. The words flabbergasted the motherfucker. Yeah. I don't know if I'd written that in the script. No. I wonder would, if, yeah, I wonder would, if that was just like off the cuff. I don't know. I don't know. Might flabbergasted is not the word I would have chosen in that moment, but yeah. Anton Yelchin does it really well. Yeah, we'll never know if that was uh, off script. Well, we probably will, actually. Everyone else probably Google it. it. Yeah, probably. But I hadn't thought about it not being scripted. Anyway, that's his uh, yippee moment. I would like the only good Nazi is a dead Nazi. I think that should yeah. that could have been a good line, isn't it? Yeah. Is that already a line in a film? Could be. Inglorious Bastards, maybe. Of course it is. Yeah, I'm maybe. sure they'll say something like that. Yeah, probably. What we'll do is we'll overdub that bit with something from Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Uh, anyway, my other choice is uh, Patrick Stewart as Darcy Banker. Yeah. Just a scary Nazi leader. We've, we've covered a lot. He has the voice. He's got the skills, the chops to pull off a part like this. Uh, I do wonder if he was underutilised. You got Patrick Stewart on your film as the leader of a Nazi group. Yeah. I would probably have him bash someone's head in at some point. I don't think he needs to do that though, because he's sort of in control of all the other fucking idiots. But then he should have coldly and calculatedly killed someone or something. I feel like Patrick Stewart should have killed someone. But there's not like as a matter of the macabre, we're not dissing the writing or choices. It's the acting. No. So he's up there. But I am willing to consider Image and Poots. Oh, you make okay. a good point. Yes, okay. And I like a punt. I'm sorry, you like a what? <laughs> <laughs> I like a punt. Oh, don't we all, boy. Don't we all. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've got my breath back. She's great, and she, you make a good point. So, I, if you want to go for Image and Poots... Yeah, let's do a let's I'm yeah let's do a turn around because uh, I don't think Anton Yelchin's going to appreciate us sending him a medal because he's not going to enjoy it. No, so I do feel bad for him though. Yeah, of course I'm not saying that. Uh, okay, Imogen Poots, come on down. <laughs> Is she here? <laughs> no, nope. Im- Imogen. Hello. No. No. They never turn up. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast and you want to do an interview, please get in touch. Oh, interviews. That's a new approach. Let's <laughs> do that. So, what are we saying? Ah, our second mistress of the macabre in a row, I think. Yep. Which, I don't even know what episode this. Episode six, that's three, two. Not that it's a man versus woman thing. Could be if you want it to be. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if I want to go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Imogen Poots. Yeah, fucking great. Well done. Straight from the back of the field to take the lead there. Yeah, absolutely out of nowhere. Cracking hairdo as well. Obviously, it's not your own. You're an actor. Actress. Well, she could have just... Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't need to know that. True. Anyway, spot on. <laughs> that wasn't patronising at all. <laughs> so you want to f*** off quickly to the man-ass rating system? <laughs> Let's do it before I put my foot in anything else. <laughs> Right, we'll see you there in about five seconds, I guess. The Madhouse Rating System. Oi, oi! 
This is the Madhouse rating system. <laughs> We're going to come out your whisper. What we got first? It's uh, tension and suspense. Right. Nice intro, by the way. I like Thanks. that one. <laughs> Unnerving suspense right from the moment they see a dead body and are ushered into the green room, especially when Darcy arrives and starts talking through the door. The back and forth between the room and the corridor, each group trying to assess the situation and outthink the other group is damn fine filmmaking. Absolutely, and I definitely would not want to be stuck in that backstage room oh, after a show. No. Do you, I was watching it, and uh, Sam, my wife, was there, and I said, do you know how much I relate to most of this in terms of the venue, the place, they're not getting paid, yeah, everything. Absolutely, yeah. And then I suddenly getting ushered into the backstage room and having the door locked, like, I don't know if... I empathise with the band more because I've been in the first bit of the situation. Like, if I can put myself in the shoe, I can definitely put myself in the shoes of a band that's trying to get paid and go. Yeah. And then shit happens. Yeah. It's never happened to us, obviously, but I can imagine. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we've not witnessed a murder yet at a show. No. Um... Seen some dodgy toilets that have made me scream. Yeah. We have played a show where the lead singer of the headline band got a bit deverish and chucked a load of uh, pickled onions around, and that that was the end of the gig. But we'd already played, so it was fine. When did that happen? Canterbury, a few years back. Uh, okay. Don't think you were in the band. Is that during my hiatus? hiatus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice word. Lovely. Uh, yeah. So uh, the band's lack of understanding of the situation they're in, their complete ineptitude in dealing with the situation is quite real. Like, if our band was in that room, I feel like we'd panic in the same way. Absolutely. Make the same shit decisions. This isn't supernatural. It's an edge of the seat. People can be dickheads. And us versus them on their territory, shit your pants and deal with a mess later because shitty pants is the least of your worries right now <laughs> type movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it really does. Uh, it's tight. That suspense like it could twang. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry, I didn't mention this before, but what was annoying uh, when they turn up to the venue and I think it was Gabe who comes out and says, oh, do you want to load in? Uh, do you want to use the house kit or do you want to use your own drum kit? And yeah. he's like, I'll use my own drum kit. Yeah. What are you doing, dickhead? Just use the house kit. Well, it depends. And I get where it's coming from. Previously being the drummer for Headstone Horrors, sometimes the house kit you cannot trust. I'd have a look at the house kit then decide. I know, but it's a matinee and you're like, there's a lot of bands playing. Uh, yeah, I suppose actually, yeah. Yeah. You don't want a whole drum kit changeover for every band. Plus, if you do witness a murder and you've got to get out there sharpish, You've got to carry a fucking bass drum out. Oh, we need Who's to have a word of loot, don't we? Well, yeah. Mate, if, if there's a murder and we need to run, you might not have much help with your gear this time. <laughs> anyway, we've gone off on a bit of a tangent yeah. there. Sorry, yeah. Tension and suspense. <laughs> you going next or am I? No, you go, you're go. you good at tension and suspense. I'm terrible at it. Uh, all right, okay. Fair enough. Never had that compliment before. Okay. I'm going to keep that one in the in the, the mind bank. <laughs> Uh, when Pat is handing over the gun and Amber sees the red laces through the door. That is 
where there is a sudden realization that they are going to kill them. Yes. Or try to. The the boneheads are deceiving them because Darcy's saying that he's on his own, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But then. Uh, but she sees the red laces and knows what that means. Yeah. Uh, it splits. The, it changes the tension from. Uh, well, it it kicks off the murdery tension. Yes. <laughs> rather than the previous. Are we in a bit of a pickle tension? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because then they don't know what's going on up until that point. Then you know sh- the shit's hitting the fan and you might want to get out the yeah, they still shit flinging zone. Yeah, they still think the police are coming, don't they? Yeah, no, they've been told the police are coming and gone then. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the line that they're killing us, keep the gun, she does it better than I do. Yes. I'm not... I'm not saying that in in as much of an actory type of way, but uh, it panics the hell out of me when I watch it. Clearly, the whole uh, attempted hacking off of Pat's arm to get the gun is the moment you realize the type of film you're watching. At that point, you know all bets are off. This is it's not just a thriller; it's a thriller up until that point, I think, and then now it's a it's a bit of a murdery thriller. Yeah, I don't think they were trying to cut his arm off. They were trying to get him to drop the gun. Yeah, and I think that uh, Darcy wanted that to that because he said don't uh, don't go near the bone. Yeah, as well. I think because obviously, but in his head, he's he's got this plan to set them up that they that they were on his property siphoning gas, and it was the dogs that attacked him. Yeah, if so. it looks like these guys have been hacked out and tortured in like weird ways, yeah. the autopsy guys would have a question as to whether it was just spontaneous shooting or or something. No, I think they, they they're trying to make it look like it was the dogs that did it. Oh, okay. That's what I'm taking from it. All right, well, that went over my head. If that's what they were going for. Uh, okay, but sure. So, have you got more? No. Okay. So, I'll, I'll give it a star. Yeah, I'll give it a star. One star. Uh, yeah. Boom. Next one. Gore and visual effects. Well, seeing as we ended the last one with Pat's arm, let's start gore and visual effects with Pat's arm. Pat's arm. It's uh, it's not only a great visual effect, it's the moment the gore starts. It's that... Fuck. Hold on. I did not know that he was going to be pulling that back through the door. Yes. And I didn't expect it to look like that. No. Brutal. Uh, and nothing previously in the film had, had given you a hint that that's where we were going. No, it was very much like... It's it's the moment you stop like sitting on the edge of the sofa, tense as hell, and start hiding behind it, wincing at the dangly hand of bad decisions. <laughs> and you go, shit, this is where it's at now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, after that, it's when Amber... Gets her friend Stanley out, slits him open. Yep. Yeah. That was... Hello. G- gutsy. Move there. G- <laughs> gutsy. <laughs> I'm on fire. Yeah. Reese falls out the window and gets a stab in right away as well. Knife uh, uh, right in there. Yeah. Right. The, you know what? Those brutal things like that scare me more in a film than a, any paranormal. Yeah. I know it's... people who are more like... No, paranormal stuff scares the shit out of me. I'm like, no, there are people out there who will fucking do that to you. Yeah, because that's... That's what scares me. I think this is what I said at the last, the end of the last episode, that the best horror is real, true to life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, you could, that could happen. Yeah. 
And we're going to talk about buffets again because I got hungry last time and I don't <laughs> have any food. <laughs> <laughs> no buffets in this one. Right, I'm moving on. Full. Dogs. Dogs. Knife. Dags. In hate, attack dags. <laughs> There's no defending yourself, whether it's a computer game in a movie. That one time you drunkenly stumble into the side of a caravan when fair's in town. Dags. <laughs> Still, the pulsating, blood-spurting neck of a horror movie victim like coming to terms with the fact that they've made, in some cases, a literal dog's dinner of the situation. <laughs> it really puts the idea that anything goes for absolutely any of the characters again and again and again. <laughs> And it's great practical effects oh, with yeah. the dogs ripping yeah. out throats and the blood. I think one of them was a puppet. Yeah, yeah. I think they, they only a... used it in one shot. Yeah, I think where Amber hits it with a microphone. Yeah, made of foam. Foam. Possibly, yeah. I don't know. You're mine. It was one of the ones I didn't take notes on. I, d- I, I read that they didn't use it at all, but. Then I read that they did use it. Yeah, just for like a, a like a split second. Because they didn't want to twat a dog around the head. No. Who does? Correct. Well, Nazis, probably. Twat. If it's the wrong type of dog. <laughs> Wankers. <laughs> so, in summary, <laughs> great gore. Yeah. Unner- unnerving deaths. Definitely uh, unnerving. Absolutely, yeah. Totally savage. You yeah. messaged me after watching it using the word brutal. I thought that was a pretty good word yeah, to describe. Brutal, yeah. Death and detail is uh it's up there. Real shots, yeah. hacked hands, yeah. chewed up necks. Yeah. And a partridge in a pear tree. Beautiful. Yeah. So I'm giving it a star for gore and visual effects as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Star that. So two out of two. Two out of two. Next one is Musical score and sound effects. Or performance if you wanted to do... The... Oh, okay. Unless you want to skip it. No, <laughs> let's do performance. It's not It's not going to take long for performance. Performance. Because uh, we've talked about it a lot already. Patrick Stewart's brilliant in a role is not his usual type of role. No. Uh, like I said, was he utilised to his fullest? You think yes. I think maybe he should have coldly killed somebody. I felt like he... Could have had a bit more to do, uh, but he was great. Either way, like it doesn't, it doesn't take anything away from his performance. The things that I think they didn't use him for. Yeah, well, I think uh, the members of the Aunt Rights they were great. Shawcat, Cole, and Turner. I think they did a they did a great job. I mean, they didn't last very long, but <laughs> when they were in it, they were good. Yeah, they were a good band. They were right. Life. Pat was good. It's similar to Charlie in Hereditary. Yeah. Not you don't have to be in it all the way through to do a good job. Uh, no. Joe Cole is English. Yeah, I know, what's he been I found in? out he was English because <laughs> I know, I've no idea what he's been in. No. But I noticed a few times his accent dropped and I do that whole thing. Is he English on Google? <laughs> I uh, recognise him from somewhere. So it was noticeable him. enough that I Googled him. I, I don't really care, though. I just thought I'd mention it since we're talking about performance. Yeah. And an accent is part of the performance. Uh, Anton Yelchin, on the other hand, uh, confuses the hell out of me with his accents. He was uh, obviously what is Chekhov in Star Trek. And I thought, well, he does a good accent. And then I found out he was born in Leningrad. 
Oh. So I was like, oh, it's an actual Russian accent. Then I found out he moved away from Leningrad at six months to be in America because his family's Jewish. Okay. And was being persecuted by the Soviet Union. Right. So they, you know, got the hell out of Dodge or yeah. Stalingrad. Stalingrad, yeah. And he did a... So it's a, it is a brilliant accent in Star Trek, but he probably had his parents' accents to work off. <laughs> well, and then yeah. I listened to a audio interview that said it was Anton Yelchin and it was Joe Cole and I got confused to hell again because like why is he speaking English now <laughs> so I got yeah but yeah, I got confused Anton Yelchin did a great performance is what I'm trying to say even though it was his own accent but wow yeah in general everyone's very good and they deserve a star we've covered it quite a lot anyway uh, yeah okay alright yeah argue your point if you don't think they deserve a star no I think they all did good yeah you got anything else to Add? No, I like the aren't rights. The ain't rights, sorry. The be wrongs. Yeah. I think they did good. And because they played the played their own shit, it was good. Yes. Well done. I'd go and watch them. If they were local. Yeah, Don't probably. like them enough to travel like huge distances. <laughs> wow, no, I think the bass player's dead now. Oh yeah, that's a point. Right, let's move on to the sound of... Uh, sound track soundtrack um, uh, musical score and soundtrack should we do sound effects in there as well shall we do sound effects and musical score <laughs> how yeah, long well, have we been doing this uh, this, this episode, is episode six. 6 right okay you've always had trouble with the uh, rating system <laughs> I know so uh, yeah musical score musical oh fuck it let's just do it <laughs> Deep dark bassy effects utilising droney guitars on the score side of things. There are also string based tracks. All of them utilised very well. I've 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 written down the word unnerving again. I think that stuck with me throughout the whole film. Yeah. Because it's like the third time I've said it wrong as well. The score kind of ripples right through you. Pulling you into that disaster. What I love about good film scores is the kind of drag that emotion out of you, like an emotional anchor to the characters. Yeah. Bridges the gap between what's happening on screen and you sat in your home. Because music is so emotive. Yeah. So used correctly, it can make a scene feel a lot more immersive. Like a laugh track in a comedy, I guess. It can make you join in the laughter. Yeah. A horror movie score can make you sweat. And for an hour and a half... You fear for the safety of made-up characters you've never met. Yeah. You actually, you give a shit. Green ha- green room. Green house. <laughs> uh, green room has... Green ham? Green house. Oh, green house. I and I literally went ham. into a rendition of Red House Over Yonder, baby. Anyway, green room has one of those scores, as did Hereditary, the last film we did. Two amazing scores in a row for these for, for this podcast. Um. Okay, yeah. Uh, the soundtrack, though, I think could have been better. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of death metal on the soundtrack. Yeah, I'd noticed that. There's a few actual bands that like the stuff in the background and yeah, the there's like score. yeah, there's like Corpus Rotus, Obituary. Uh, there's some Slayer. There's some Napalm Death, Midnight, Hochstetter. Yeah. See that? Um, Practice battle, that one. Battle Torn. Um, I thought 
Uh, I think they could have put a bit more punk rock and roll on it. To no, be yeah, honest. I agree with bit you, of, actually. Maybe a bit of oi, maybe a bit of street punk. There is definitely a lot to, out there you could have used instead of heavy metal for a punk rock based film. I think, yeah, I think they've gone really heavy on it. I was listening to Corpus Rottus today, actually. I had uh, listened to a few of these. Yeah, what do you think of Corpus Rottus? Specifically, the song called Corpus Rottus. I thought it was the best one that I've heard. Uh, I'm not a fan of death metal, so... Neither am I. Um, it's all a bit... <sighs> it's like clearing your throat out. Oi! No. Did you just say oi? I'm oh, sorry. Sorry! No. <laughs> and I listened to a bit that of Midnight's... That was a death metal well. band covering an oi band. Right. I was listening to Midnight's Prowling Leather as well. But I thought they could probably put a couple more punk rock songs in. I mean, we've all got is uh, Nazi punks f*** off. What's that? It's a Poison Idea song in there as well. Yeah. I think... Uh, Bad Brains are in there. I mean, the Ain't Rights... Uh, I mean, tell me if these are covers, and I'm missing a beat here. Okay. But I found the Ain't Rights on Prime Music. Okay. Have a song called What Have I Become? Coronary and Toxic Evolution. Okay, which Coronary... Which they mention in the thing... Yeah. As their songs. Okay, Coronary is by a band called Missionary Physician. Okay. So the other two are probably not their songs either. Uh, what Have I Become is by a band called uh, Human Brains. Okay. What was the other one? Toxic Evolution. Toxic Evolution. Uh, I don't know who that's by, actually. That might be one of theirs. Maybe. Or I might be a dick. It's the one they say out loud when they said, what was that song you were playing earlier and they said Toxic Evolution and he said, that's what I did it to. Talking about the murder. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. If uh, that anyway, is cover, best song... Know. Uh, for the soundtrack, not the score. Nazi punks, f*** off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, I'm thinking half a star then, because I think the score was alright. But I... the soundtrack could have had a lot of better choices. I'm saying no star. Alright, okay. I'm being harsh. I'm saying no you're star. You're not usually harsh. I'm usually the one at the end not giving a star, so not every film's a six out of five. I just, uh, yeah, I just can't <laughs> think we, I don't think we can uh, float with the star at this one. Okay. I will go with you then, because you don't usually uh, Nada. assert yourself on the... Uh, Nine! Off. Yeah, probably not the best accent to choose during this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's three out of four. Three out of four. Uh, and we're now just on to... The overall experience. Okay. Are you giving it a star? So it's a four out of five. I can make it a five out of five. Oh, I don't. You can leave it as it is. Yeah, I want to leave it as it is. Like, it was a good film. It was brutal. I like that. But I'm not going to give it a star. So that leaves it as a three out of five. Yeah. I'm going to give it a half. Oh. Controversial. Is it? <laughs> no. well, I don't know. <laughs> we've, not, we've not given a half before, so... Well, I'm making a decision. It doesn't deserve three out of five. Okay. It doesn't deserve four out of five. Okay. So it's a three and a half out of five. Lovely. Good film. Yeah. Liked oh, it. Brutal. Right, we're going to go uh, on to uh, Listen to Mail. Listen to Mail. With a Difference. Listener mail. Right, first off, I want to thank Reese because he is the person who requested Green Room and we loved it. It was awesome. 
Cheers, Reese. Have a little drink on us. Uh, yeah, you might have to pay for it, though. Obviously. I don't know where you are right now. Other than that, though, we're not doing listener mail today. Because uh, me and you are in a horror punk band. Yeah. We've just done a uh, a little chat and review about a horror movie featuring punks and Nazi punks. So let's t- take a minute here to say something about Nazi punks. I don't think we should call them Nazi punks. I don't think we should call them punks. They call cunts. themselves punk. Nazi cunts. Nazi cunts. Uh, okay. So, here we go. You ready? I'm ready. In 1978, in Britain, the white nationalist National Front had a punk-oriented youth organisation called the Punk Front, henceforth known as the Front. Front. Although the Front only lasted one year, it recruited several English cunts, as well as forming a number of white power bands. The Nazi subculture appeared in the United States by the early 1980s in the hardcore punk scene. Now, we are in a punk band. <laughs> yeah. We have been in punk bands since the noughties myself. Don't know when you were first in a punk band. Uh, well, I was about 14. Yeah. 20 years ago, man. So, I want to say, in the odd 15-odd years that I've been on the scene, I have seen one Nazi punk, and he left the gig pretty quickly. Every other single punk I have met, from skater punks, scar punks, to boots and braces punks, have all been some of the most inclusive, welcoming people I've ever met. Boots and braces don't mean you're a racist. They are covered in tattoos and will buy you a meal with their last penny. They actively fight for equality in the world, raise money for good causes from helping the homeless to saving lost animals, funding sanctuaries for farm animals and refugees for women and children seeking a safe place to escape abuse. I've seen people from all walks of life come together in a scene full of eclectic personalities, all in love with music and brimming with faith in each other. All coming together to help a fellow music fan when needed, whether they know you or not. It's a big f***ing family, and every single person is welcome in that home as long as you are not a dick. I'm in no way saying there's not been issues in part of the scene. There undeniably have been. However, these days, it's not noticeable, not influential, and not f***ing welcome. Nazi Nazi punks, punks, f*** off! Okay, so... We made our point clear. Yeah. We've got to do a film choice. It'll be nice to end on a bit of a lighter note. A bit less serious. Let's not let them ruin our day, Jimmy. Ah, f*** no. So it's my turn to pick a film again. It's been a while. Yes, it has. Uh, Because we've done a couple of requests for the last two episodes. Brilliant requests, both of them, by the way. Absolutely brilliant, yeah. Uh, But it's my turn. Okay. And we have had some hard-hitting films the last two times. Jimmy, Hereditary to Nazi knuckleheads. Yeah. It's tough. It's been a, <sighs> been a tough run. So I've picked something which I feel like we should be taking the piss out of. Oh. I enjoyed this film. Okay. But it's bad. Oh. Okay, you ready for a description anyway? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm yeah. Jason. A member of a 1960s pop group. I actually think it's the 70s. Right. This is a description on IMDb, but it's... it's IMDb don't have their own written one. This is by a reviewer. That's how right, obscure okay. this film is. So I think it's 1970s. But he decides he needs to break at a country retreat. 
On the train, he meets Judy, niece of Aunt Harris, who owns a place with her husband, Dr. Storm, and who are using the guests for surgical mind control experiments. Do you want the year? Uh, yeah, go on. 1973. The right. fashion is very 70s as well. That's why I think it's 70s, not 60s. Oh, shit. It's a bit obscure, this one, this film. Um, no, I, I, no, I don't know. It is a film called Horror Hospital. Oh, fuck, okay. Um, I can't even find the director's name on there. It's, uh, like a, it's supposed to be like a comedy horror sci-fi, but I think it misses on the comedy and just comes across to me as bad. Excellent. Uh, but I've watched it once before. Okay. A couple of years ago, and it sprang to mind. Ah, oh, I'm excited. I don't think I've heard of it. You are going to like it. Do you know why you're going to like it? Go on. It has a small person in it. Yes! <laughs> Thank you. So uh, that will be the next episode of the Madhouse <laughs> Podcast. Horror Hospital. No talk of f***ing witchcraft families and Nazis. Go, go straight to it. Yeah, it's going to be good. So, I guess that's the end of the episode. Yeah. So please share and subscribe to this episode with your friends, Nazi punks, f*** off. Please get in touch on Facebook at the Madhouse Podcast, Nazi punks, f*** off. Check us out on Instagram at the Madhouse Podcast, Nazi punks, f*** off. And please email us at the Madhouse Podcast at outlook.com, Nazi punks, Yeah! Nazi punks, f*** off. Did you say Nazi punks, f*** off?